Welcome to the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Vest, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Uh, Today, instead of sitting down with an incredible woman changing the world who is not me, (laughs) I am sitting down with an incredible woman changing the world who is me. Um, In other words, I am closing out 2021 with a solo episode answering some of the questions that I've received from you, our listeners, uh, and also reflecting on what some of my biggest takeaways from the past, gosh, I think we're at 14 or so episodes um, of the podcast, uh, what, yeah, what my lessons from recording those have been. I think there's been some really fun insights that I know I've received in having these conversations, and uh, I'm always here for any insights that you've picked up along the way. Um, so first, I know there's a couple questions that I ask most of my guests that I have not answered yet on the podcast. Um, Specifically, I know that I have not articulated, I don't believe, my own uh, North Star and mission, um, which is one of the first questions that I ask is, if people could change only one thing about the world, what's the thing that they would change? And for me, I think, you know, my North Star and my mission is really around more feminine leadership and more women in positions of power. Um, Like partially just like overthrowing the patriarchy, (laughs) things that you've probably heard me talk about before. But I just really believe that there are so many benefits to alternative models of leadership. And I was really struck Back in 2005, I participated in a quote-unquote women's leadership program. And honestly, it really felt to me like it was just teaching women. I mean, I was 17 at the time, so I don't definitely did not have the vocabulary to talk about it in this way. But it really felt like it was just teaching women how to be leaders by being more like men who were leaders. Um, and the whole thing really did not vibe with me. And it was not until many, many, many years later uh, when I started to have new examples of powerful female role models that I was like, huh, this is the type of power that I am really interested in. This is the type of leadership that I'm really interested in. Um, So yeah, I mean, and I'll say too, I mean, I totally appreciate that feminine and masculine is very binary or it can be perceived as binary. Um, I also appreciate that there are plenty of women who do not identify with predominantly feminine energy. There's also plenty of, you know, men and, you know, other people of different gender identities who may identify more or less with feminine energy. Um, And honestly, like the work that I do, I really want to create a space for everyone who is not like a cisgendered male <laughs> to feel um, welcome and included in scene. I think we've had 
one model of leadership that has really arguably gotten us to where we are today. And I think, uh, you know, that saying of like using the same thinking that got us into the situation, uh, like, and believing that that's going to help us get out of the situation is insanity. Um, I do think it's time for a new model of what leadership can look like. And that's really why I'm so passionate about, you know, empowering more women um, to be in charge of stuff. Um, another question uh, I got was why I believe in the power of women changing the world. I know I talked a little bit about this, but I, I think the other thing I would love to highlight is women are, again, just so generous. There are so many statistics on how when you invest in women, their communities benefit, their families benefit. When you invest in women-owned businesses, they are way more likely to reinvest in other women-owned businesses and other local businesses. Um, the multiplier effect is just insane. Um, and that to me is something that I find really exciting and really interesting. And I touched on this a little bit, but um, the concept of feminine leadership. When I think about leadership at all, I think being authentically yourself is really core to the vision of leadership that I hold and the definition of leadership that I have. Um, So I don't think like putting yourself in any sort of box, feminine or otherwise, is something that I advocate for as a leader. Um, But what I have observed when people tap into that more feminine leadership style, again, it is very generous. It is often kind. It's not leading by being cruel. It's leading by being generous and kind. It's leading by sharing praise. leading by lifting other people up, leading by example, Um, really, truly this idea of like servant leadership, of like leading by being of service, not by holding yourself above the people that you're leading, Um, and really leading by being an advocate for others. Um, And I like, I just think when we look at like some of the traditional hierarchical models of leadership, when we look at Again, what many of us may have been raised seeing as like, this is what leadership is, is like being in charge and yelling and like exerting your will. Like, I think feminine leadership is like so much more gentle and persuasive and creative and holds the vision. And um, that's really the kind of leadership that I am passionate about. Another question that I get all the time is about shine theory. Uh, and there's a great podcast that I'll include in the show notes for anyone who wants to go deeper on shine theory. I think it's like these other women explain it far better than I can. But to me, the idea of shine theory is really like when you shine, we all shine. So like collaboration over competition It's actually really aligned with the vision of this organization called Dreamers and Doers um, that I joined this year. It's a collective for extraordinary entrepreneurial women. Um, And their basic premise is this idea that mutual support is a competitive edge. Um, And so Shine Theory to me is just really about looking for opportunities to lift up other people, um, really like every chance I get. Um, in order, because I believe that we all win and it's like not a zero sum game and you taking a piece of the pie does not like mean I don't get a piece of the pie. Um, but this idea of just really expanding the pie. 
Um, I did get some fun listener questions that <laughs> kind of relate to this. So um, one of the ones that honestly made me laugh out loud is uh, how are we going to F up the patriarchy this year? Need instructions. Um, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is the end of 2021 as I'm recording this. As I look ahead to 2022, I really think the way that we're going to F up the patriarchy next year is really just continuing as, you know, women, as underrepresented groups, underrepresented people, continuing to come together and, and really, again, support and lift each other up. I have been blown away when I think about some of the experiences and groups that I've had the privilege of facilitating over the past year by the magic, and I do not use that word lightly, but by the magic that is possible when you bring a group of people together to be really honest and vulnerable and authentic about what they're going through um, and to offer solutions. I mean, I think in our culture, we have often this expectation that we're supposed to figure everything out on our own. And that's just like so not sustainable in so many ways. And so, you know, I've, I've just been really encouraged and inspired in seeing people ask for help, um, you know, seeing women ask for help. I know I'm someone who is definitely raised like not to ask for help. It was a learned skill. Um, and whether that's, you know, joining a group of people, whether that's investing in coaching, investing in yourself, investing in therapy, um, you know, creating community. There's so many different forms that can take, but, um, but really leaning on other people and, and crowdsourcing some of these challenges. I think that to me is like, it's at the end of the day, I'm feeling more and more like effing up the patriarchy is like a collective action problem. There's like so many of us who are so ready to do it. And the thing that I think often, you know, prevents us from going further faster is like not knowing where the other people are who also want to do this and not knowing where the other women are, people are who want to help you and want to help get you into a position of power and influence faster. Um, and so I think the more that we can come together, can share our visions for what um, the new world order can look like. I know that sounds like really high and mighty and academic, but I do think that, you know, we really do, it does feel like we're on the edge of some pretty major social shifts, especially after almost two years of pandemic life. Um, yeah, I think the more that we come together and the more that we like, just again, look for opportunities to support other women, to suggest other women, to give other women opportunities that is for me personally, like that's my intention of how I plan to contribute to <laughs> destroying the patriarchy in the next year and honestly beyond. Um, let's see, I'm looking at all these questions. What should I tackle next? Um, well, this is top of mind. Uh, so how do you recognize burnout and overcome it? Uh, as I record this, we actually just had a burnout and boundaries workshop last night that was so powerful. I mean, I, I've just been blown away over the course of my career. I think I may have mentioned this in the intro or the, um, the very first episode of by how, by how many women in impact and how many women 
I mean, now I'm seeing it in entrepreneurs as well, like in the impact space and in impact adjacent work, just how many of us burn ourselves out. And I do it. <laughs> there was definitely a moment earlier uh, this year where I found myself just like wanting to lay flat on the floor in my office in the middle of the afternoon. Um, it was not that long ago. <laughs> and, and it was really because I didn't listen to myself. And it's like, I think so often we get, we like get into these cycles of stress. Um, you know, there's a great book called uh, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, their sisters. And they talk about how burnout is basically a response to like being exposed to stress over and over um, and not like completing the stress cycle. And one of the best ways to complete the stress cycle is physical activity, physical movement, exercise. Um, snuggling is another great way. A belly laugh is another great way. Um, doing something creative is a good way. A good cry is a good way. But basically, like we as humans have evolved to have these stress responses to like actual external stressors. And the example they give is like, if a lion were chasing you and you didn't get stressed, you would probably die. <laughs> Unless like, I don't even know what cosmic powers would have to like, you would have to have to get out of that situation. But that's like why we have a stress response. But in modern life, there aren't lions. <laughs> there are emails and bosses and traffic jams, and a million other things that can cause that same stress response as though there's a lion that we need to run away from. Um, and if we don't, but there's no often, like we're not actually physically running from a thing. And so we need to figure out ways to complete that cycle in order to prevent ourselves from burning out. So like part one is like really completing the stress cycle to the stressors, but part two is then addressing the stressors. Um, and what I have found in terms of overcoming burnout, when I do catch myself, and some signs that you might be burnt out are like that feeling of like, I can't even <laughs> for me is a major sign of burnout. Um, some other ones that people shared in the workshop last night are like, they find themselves like looking for all like, for like the negative story to tell about whatever is happening around them. Um like canceling plans that actually like probably would help, but instead doing like a doom scroll or binging a series on Netflix or doing something that doesn't actually restore you or make you feel any better. Uh, avoiding your phone, uh, not being productive, not getting anything done. Um, feeling really like just emotionally depleted and then feeling like everything is hopeless and feeling like nothing that you're doing is making any difference at all. Like those are all, some kind of both, you know, individual and textbook signs of burnout. Um, how to overcome it. One, well, I'll say two things that I found. So one, I have found that for me personally, burnout is almost always related to a lack of boundaries. And they can be boundaries with other people or they can be boundaries with myself. <laughs> it's like, can totally, like for me, it's often both. Um, and so really figuring out like what the like rules, for lack of a better word, are uh, that I need to put in place in order to like stop myself from like re-entering the cycle and doing it again. Uh, and a book I would recommend on that is called uh, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. 
it's awesome. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think as an example, you know, if I'm feeling burnt out by email or social media, like turning off notifications, like setting a do not disturb on my phone, um, deleting apps off my phone, uh, really figuring out like a morning routine that, and I'm honestly still working on this, that does not involve me going immediately to scroll on my phone. Um, these are just a few examples, but I think often, um, often burnout is caused for me by a lack of boundaries. So figuring out like what those boundaries are that I need to set and then how to assertively set them, whether it's with myself or with other people, that's part one. And the second thing that the more I've been thinking about it, I was honestly struck by this the other morning, uh, is gratitude. Like when I am feeling burnt out and just like exhausted, uh, like on an existential level, The number one thing over the last couple of years in particular that I have found can help pull me out of that is a gratitude practice Um, or like getting back into my gratitude practice or like, but like really focusing on gratitude. And I heard something really interesting the other day that I also read. And so now I'm like misremembering where both came from. I think it was a combination of a a Goop podcast interview with Jay Shetty and um, I believe reading in the burnout book that the two types of gratitude that are actually most impactful are gratitude for how things happened and gratitude for people. So like making a generic gratitude list could totally work for you. Um, However, it's like shown to like not actually make us feel as much better (laughs) as gratitude for people and gratitude for how things have unfolded. Um, So that's something that I'm carrying with me into December, um, you know, really wanting to deepen my gratitude practice. And actually, and I'll include a link to this in the show notes as well, like going to be doing a 21 day gratitude challenge with like different activities every day that'll take like five, 10 minutes or less, um, to really just like deepen into that myself, because I'm definitely feeling like 2021 kind of kicked my ass. And, um, and yeah, I think that's a practice that, um, I have found that's really a great antidote to burnout, but also just something that I find every time I come back to, I get a lot out of it. Um, let's see what else I got. I want to start my own business, but I don't know where to start. What is the most important thing to do before I launch a new business or brand? Um, That's a great question. A few things. So I guess the first thing I'll say is that just in the interest of managing expectations, and this could, I could totally be wrong. Everyone's timeline is different. I am not saying this to discourage anyone. I'm actually saying it to encourage anyone who is still in this window, but um, it is helpful. I think when you're starting a business to not expect to make money for the first like six to 12 months and not that you won't have any money coming in, but ideally you do want a cushion to support you, um, or like continue working your full-time job or a part-time job to support you in the transition. Um, I would just say to be prepared for that because that was something that like, 
I had planned for when starting my business and no one had explicitly said that to me. And I think often like it just does take a while. And I had so many moments of like total panic very early on of like, how is this ever going to work? And it was truly for me around like this six or seven month mark that I felt like I rounded a corner and was like, still not there, but I can see how this is possible. And so I would just really encourage you, um, because like, um, you know, we have bills, many of us, uh, I would say definitely make sure that you're set up in a way that like you can do this ideally from a place of abundance in that you don't need to make enough money to support yourself in your business for the first six to 12 months. Um, but then as far as like the branding piece, the number one thing that I think has been most helpful for me in my business is that I was super clear on who I wanted to serve, um, in part because who I wanted to serve is like a past version of me. And I don't just mean that on like a superficial level. I mean that in like the problems and challenges and thoughts and beliefs and goals and pains and like dreams that my clients have are like things that I have like thought and dreamt and experienced in the course of my life and career in a lot of cases. And like, obviously we're all unique individuals and it is not uniform across the board. Um, but I had this idea of like, and I would say for me, it started with a more demographic idea of who I wanted to serve. So like women in their like 20s, 30s, and 40s who were in the impact space or starting businesses that were like impact focused. That was like mostly what I started with. And then I thought about like specific women that I knew who would be dream clients. And this is like the number one thing that I really think moved the needle in terms of me getting more clear in my marketing, me getting more clear for my website, me getting more clear on my packages, me getting more clear on like all the things was I got on the phone with them and I interviewed them. And I totally appreciate that when you're starting out, that can feel like a scary thing. I also will assure you, it does not have to be a formal thing at all. Um, but I do think like asking people what some of the people that you would ideally want to be working with, what some of their goals would be if they were to invest in whatever you're offering, like what experiences they've had that were good, what experiences they've had that were not good, um, where they get their information, like what's most important to them, like what criteria they would consider, what advice they would have for someone like you starting a business. Um, people will tell you almost anything. It's kind of wild, um, but you do have to ask. And so, um, you know, I honestly came to appreciate the value of this process because uh, Danielle Polini, who has done some amazing brand photography for me, um, had approached me about doing a dream client interview for her photography business. And I got off the phone with her and I was like, I want to hire her. And then I was like, oh, wow, that was good. Um, <laughs> so I think if, uh, you know, if you're thinking about starting a new business or a new brand, those would be like the two things that I would suggest are make sure you've got a buffer to the extent possible, just so that you can make investments in your business and really ideally approach it from a place of abundance as much as is possible. And then, um, also get clear on who it is you want to serve and get on the phone with as many dream clients as possible. Let's see, what habits or routines do you have that keep you consistent in growing your business and feeling successful? <sighs> That's a good one. Um, 
I'm like, I have so many and I also feel like they're continuously changing. Um, but actually someone asked me this yesterday. Uh, I think like the four central themes, I would say, and these again, vary throughout the weeks, days, months, years, but, um, I try to get outside every day and go on a walk at least ideally for 30 minutes. It's not always 30 minutes, but just leaving the house I found is very important. Meditation is something that's really important to me. Um, I mostly meditate with the Chani app, the Chani Nicholas app. I absolutely love her for all things astrology and life. Um, so that's really my go-to from a meditation perspective. Uh, exercise and movement. There is like for me a very direct correlation between getting out of breath and sweating and how I feel about basically everything. Um, and I actually even recently realized that the cardio piece is more essential than I had previously thought in terms of um, my overall like mental health and well-being. So exercise is key for me. I try to work out before I start work. Sometimes I work out after work. It's definitely not 100% consistent, but that's like exercising at least four or five days a week is important to me. Um, and then I've also really just been getting more into, I would say like a combination of like journaling and tarot and really like bringing that magic piece into my life and business. Like sometimes it feels spot on other times less so. And sometimes that's because I don't want to see what I'm being told. and <laughs> It turns out to be true later. Um, but really just making some time to, you know, I find that, you know, tarot and Oracle cards can be really useful for revealing things that we may or may not, uh, have been aware of. It's like a thought prompt. Um, and so that's also something that I found helpful if I'm feeling stuck on something or I want some guidance or another perspective, um, pulling some cards and like, you know, journaling about what they tell me um, is also really helpful. And then I think from a growing my business perspective, I mean, the reality is like feeling, <laughs> feeling successful is really important for growing my business. Um, and, uh, and I think, um, a couple things that have been more helpful on the business front uh, are keeping an abundance tracker. So I keep track of like all the wins and abundance that shows up in my life. Again, sometimes I'm better at this than others, but that's something I found really helpful. It's just literally a note on my phone. Um, but like when I get paid, when I land a new client, when I sign a new contract, like all of that, when someone introduces me to someone, like it's definitely not only monetary, um, but just keeping track of like the wins is really, really, really helpful. Um, and then also, you know, really getting clear on what it is that I am trying to manifest. And what I have found over the past year in particular is when I am like focused on, I'd say one to three seems to be the sweet spot. I've done four, but one to three feels more manageable. But when I'm focused on like a few key things and I'm like, these are the things. And if whatever I want to do is not mapping to those things, I'm not going to do it. Or I'm only going to do it if I have extra time. That has been such a helpful way to focus. And Honestly, at one point, and this is a practice I intend to return to, like I was writing down the three things every single day, like, and it was the same three things. And it was like, this is what I'm working on. Um, like I think back to 
this summer and it was like I wanted a new home in Oakland. We were looking for a place to move either to buy or to rent. I wanted um, the girls club to be a thing, my mastermind for women in impact. And I wanted to launch my podcast. And so every day it was like, okay, house, podcast, girls club. If it's like not related to those things, it's got to go. And that's been really helpful. Um, I have noticed that when I've like launched other things or, um, you know, tried to add other things without that level of focus, like I'm not all in it. And so I do feel like um, being able to like bring together both like my intuition of like what it and desire of what it is I truly want to do. And then that level of focus of like, okay, and like, here is what I'm like birthing into the world and kind of having like, you know, blinders for lack of a better word of like, okay, I'm like, these are the things um, that's been really helpful uh, in, in growing my business. And I think that's something that took me a while to figure out. It's something that I am still working on. I remember when I was first getting started, someone, um, think Melanie Albert, uh, who was a guest this on the podcast earlier this year. Um, she talks about like the power of one, which is something Rachel Rogers also talks about. Like, it's like, you need to figure out your one offer, focus on your one thing, do your one thing really well. And then you can do another thing. And when I got started, I had like 20 things. <laughs> and Sometimes I still feel like I have 20 things. It's like very much who I am, but, uh, but really like bringing some focus has been super, super helpful in terms of, um, you know, feeling like I'm growing the business that I want in the direction that I want to grow and like, and feeling successful in that. You know, the next question I'm actually going to like editorialize on a little bit. Um, I, you know, I've been reflecting a lot on what some of the key themes from this season of the podcast have been. And gosh, I wish I had like written myself some more notes on this, honestly, but, but I think some of the things that really stand out to me are like how important it is to celebrate like all the things all the time. I know this was a big topic in my conversation with Jamie Barron, but I, I feel like it also came up in numerous conversations with other entrepreneurs. It's just like celebrate the small steps, celebrate the steps along the way. Um, the idea of joy versus happiness was another big one. Uh, really like the difference between the two and the fact that joy is ultimately for so many people, myself included, it's made up of the smallest moments and it is like so attainable. It is so possible to create in our day-to-day -day life. It could be like the cappuccino that you have in the morning. It could be your bike ride um, commute. It could be the feeling of the sun on your face. It could be a bubble bath. It could be so many things. Um, and by focusing on those small things, like you really can increase like your big picture, capital J joy. I mean, obviously like one of my first podcast guests was Kyle Moss, who's a joyful mindset coach. She's amazing. Um, and we talked about joy, but I feel like joy was something that came up in so many other conversations, like joy and celebration. And I will say like, I'm going to come back to the celebrating question in just a minute, uh, but the other thing that I really was struck by in conversations from the past few months was like this idea, um, and I wrote about this this month, this idea of like letting things be enough and like knowing when enough is enough and 
the idea that it's okay to lose some things and the idea that like we like we don't have to win it all <laughs> uh and like what's meant for us won't miss us um as Jamie Barron also had shared but I think again so like Noemi um you know a lot of the women I spoke to it's like I I call it like the more monster capital M's, Um, but like, it's like a lot of us, I think have this internalized, like more monster that feels like whatever we do, it's never enough. And we always need to be doing more and like just how much goodness there is on the other side of that, of like, actually, no, this is enough. It's enough. It's enough. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, I think it's like, social, it's cultural. There's so many reasons that we feel that way. But I think that, um, that so many of the women on the podcast are also integrating that, um, and figuring out like where to draw the line and figuring out where enough is enough. And then like refiguring it out, um, and knowing when we need to take breaks and knowing when we need to rest. I know I spoke to Marina last week about resting, um, yeah, I think that was another thing that really came through for me. Um, so with that, I'll come back to the question, which was, I struggle to celebrate the wins in my life, small and big ones. How do you celebrate the wins? How do you keep up with celebrating? That's a great question. And I mean, I will say too, like I'm a big popper of bottles. I love drinking champagne for wins. Also, I feel like it's not necessarily sustainable <laughs> depending on the the number of wins that you're celebrating. And I'm here to advocate for more celebration, not less. Um, I think really just figuring out what feels like celebration to you. Is celebration to you logging off early? Is celebration to you taking like a really indulgent hike? Is celebration to you sleeping in? Is celebration to you staying in bed and snuggling? Is it eating cookies in bed? Is it treating yourself uh, to dinner by yourself or with your partner or with your friends? Like, um, yeah, I mean, I think like I would totally encourage anyone listening who wants to celebrate more, like come up with a celebration like list, (laughs) a list of like all the ideas of all the things that you want to do to celebrate different milestones. It can be like tiny celebrations, like writing yourself a card or a post-it or a note. It can be something bigger. It could be like a purchase, but it could also be totally free. It could just be like making that time for yourself. It could be eating lunch outside. Like it could be so many things, um, you know, or the, or the bigger things, right? It could be taking yourself on a trip, taking someone else on a trip, taking a day off. Like there's so many ways to celebrate. I think I would say figure out what celebration, what feels celebratory to you. And then when something happens, big or small, you can consult your list or come up with a new thing um, of what would really truly feel like a celebration for you. Um, all right, I got a couple more questions. So let's see. Um, you've been manifesting like crazy lately. I have been called a manifestation queen. Um, what is my secret? This is a great question. And I will confess, I've been thinking about how to teach this recently. So keep your eyes peeled on that front because it's one of those things that like, it's working a lot of the time. And I'm trying to figure out like what it is that I'm doing that's working so well. Um, but here are a couple things that I have found to be true. And this will go back a little bit to like the business and success advice. Um, step one, get super clear on what it is that you want. And I honestly think this is 
this is like one of the most important parts. Um, and I think often like we forget to do it and then we're like, wait, why isn't it working? It's like, well, you didn't pick what you wanted. So I'll give you an example and this is going to sound so silly, but it is so real. Uh, I really wanted a navy blue velvet L-shaped sectional, actually specifically navy blue performance velvet L-shaped sectional from West Elm specifically that couch. And I had like even gotten my partner around to the idea of how much it costs to potentially buy it new. We're moving into our house. Couches have been backordered like forever. Plus custom furniture always takes a while. It's not like a floor model. And we were looking at waiting like at least two to three months to have anything to sit on in our living room. And but I told him, I'm like, this is the couch I want. He's like, okay, I hear you. And we're like, well, if we can find one on Craigslist, I like really didn't want necessarily a used couch, but I was open to it. And um, we're like, well, if we can find one used or on Craigslist or a floor model somewhere, like that's the best way for us to have something to sit on. And so like when he was like scrolling on Craigslist, he wasn't like scrolling like wandering around a store to see what he liked. He was specifically looking for the exact couch that I had already decided I wanted. And believe it or not, he 100% found one that was like six months old. A couple had already like done the custom ordering, done the waiting, gotten it delivered to their house, um, no kids, no pets. And then they were moving and it didn't fit in their new place. They needed to get rid of it. So we like totally got the dream couch, um, which again, like kind of a silly example, but real, we got it for like much less than it would have cost new. Um, and we got it immediately within like a couple days, which was pretty awesome. And so I think the lesson from that <laughs> is like really, again, the clarity of like, this is exactly what I want, because I think when we decide exactly what we want, and I also am a big fan of the idea of like this or something better. But when we decide exactly what we want, then we know it when we see it. And that's a cool feeling. The second part is, I think, a thing that is similarly not that hard, not rocket science, but not something that we're necessarily like raised to. I mentioned this earlier, which is tell people what we want. And I know depending on thing or the circumstance, like that may or may not be like super appropriate. I encourage you to like interpret this to your own manifestation. But uh, so often, I think, especially for women, we like believe we need to magic things into someone's head. And spoiler alert, people cannot read your mind. Um, but once you know what you want, like if like, you know, we could have gone around, I actually think we did go around like telling people like, this is the couch we want. We're trying to find it. Like, I think it's true. Like if you're looking for a job, like this is the job I want. I'm trying to find it. Like people want to help you, but they don't know how to help you if they don't know what you want. And so, um, telling people what you want is another, I found really helpful way to manifest. And I know it like does not sound like the like energetic magic, which I to I personally believe in and which is totally a thing, but it's like, these are very practical steps. Like figure out what you want, tell people what you want. Like <laughs> I have found to be very helpful. Um, and then I would say also like really, and this is like the slightly more like magic one, but like really like live as though it, like you already have it. Um, live as though it's on its way to you right now. 
And whatever that looks like, it kind of goes in the vein of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have, right? But like show up like the thing is already here or the thing is already on its way to you. Um, If you're like starting a new business, like update your title on LinkedIn, like start introducing yourself to people as like the founder of your new business. If you're like wanting to become a freelance, like sustainability consultant, and you don't have the clients that you want yet, then start telling people that you're a freelance sustainability consultant and see what happens. Um, so I think if I had to break it down, and again, I'm thinking a lot about this, and maybe doing something fun in this vein in 2022. Um, But the top three things I would say are one, get clear on what you want. Two, tell people what you want. And three, embody the energy of already having what you want. All right. I have two more questions that I'm going to answer in today's episode. Uh, Question one, what goals or intentions are you setting for 2022? I love this question. I also will confess, I still have some work to do on like my 2022 goals. I'm a big believer in Danielle Laporte's desire mapping approach to goals with soul. And so my first step in figuring out my 2022 2022 goals uh, was figuring out how I want to feel in 2022. And my three words for 2022 are radiant divine, and turned on. And I fully intend to use those three words to really shape what my goals and intentions for the year are. Um, I'm really hoping that I'm going to be getting married next year, which is so fun. Uh, (laughs) I really hope I will be having a bachelorette party next year, which I am so excited about. Uh, I have a lot of stuff coming up that, um, I'm really excited for it and I really, really want to be present for it. And so I'm really trying to think about 2022 and like, how can I put pleasure and joy and fun and adventure and love at the center of everything I do? How can I like really love like myself and my body and like fill up my cup in a revolutionary way in 2022. Um, And so that's really the foundation of like how I'm thinking about goals. Um, And I'm also going to be doing some strategic planning in the next couple of weeks to further refine that and we'll be sure to share. And the last question, which I love, and I also realized I did not answer on the first Q&A and I asked everyone this question. And so I need to answer it is, um, if I had a post-it on a deck of inspirational quotes, what would it say? Um, and I think a lot of you have heard me say this before. Anyone who knows me, um, my number one favorite inspirational post-it note is what if it's easy? Because I think so often we expect things to be hard and then they're hard. But I think when we expect things to be easy, often they are. Um, And so that's really something that I've been doing a ton of work on. I think we'll continue to do a lot of work on. Um, Yeah, is to just let it be easy. What if it's easy? Uh, The other two that I'm looking at right now, actually three, I'll just share. Um, This is all happening for me is one of my favorite reminders. Like, And I guess the other one kind of goes with this, which is... No makes way for F yes. 
So really appreciating that, whether it's a no from me or a no from a potential client, like I want to be working in the F yes space. And so every time there's a no, it's like something to celebrate because it's bringing me that much closer to something that feels like a fully 100% yes. Um, And then the third one I mentioned, I also put like my, some money mindset thing. I put a monthly minimum and a monthly maximum on a post-it on my desk every day as a reminder of what I am manifesting on the financial front. Um, and I found it really interesting. I like had a moment this year where I like felt like I needed to raise the minimum, um, before a certain month and also felt like I needed to raise the maximum for that month. And sure enough, I totally exceeded the old maximum in that month. So, um, yeah, I love, 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 love an inspirational post-it. I have been taking notes. I also am looking at several quotes from recent podcast episodes myself. Um, and if you have other inspirational quote ideas or things I should add to the post-it roster, uh, please be sure to let me know. You'll hear in the outro all the different ways to kind of keep in touch with me. I, gosh, I'm like, what do I say? It's so weird to be signing off Now, for the next few weeks, I will say I I always had a vision when starting this that I would run it like a late night talk show host in the sense that I'm annoyingly always on vacation because that is my dream. (laughs) Um, So the plan for this is to take a solid month plus probably six weeks um, away to do some fun stuff on the back end for me to take a proper vacation, to get some interviews in the pipeline for 2022. Um, So that's what I'll be up to. The plan is to come back, I'd say like late January-ish with, um, I don't know if we'll call it season two, but unofficially season two of the podcast. Uh, In the meantime, I really encourage you like, if maybe this is where you're first finding me. Maybe you've been along for the ride all season. Um, if you need anything to listen to over the holidays, I feel like there have been so many badass women with such great wisdom. <laughs> I like really don't have words. And honestly, like none of this would be a thing if um, really awesome women like you weren't listening. If really awesome men like those of you who are listening weren't listening. Although I did look at the numbers, you're definitely mostly women. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and if like really, again, amazing women in my world weren't willing to sit down with me, uh, and talk on a podcast. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is my wildest dream. Uh, I'm so grateful to you for letting me into your ears and I cannot wait to see you again in 2022. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at liz.best, that's L-A-S dot B-E-S-T, or by searching my name, Liz Best, on LinkedIn. If you're feeling like something has to give in your life, but you're not quite sure what, take my free Wheel of Life assessment by visiting Elizabeth Best, that's Elizabeth with an S, best.com slash wheel hyphen of hyphen life. See you in the next episode.